Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you today. We love being here at Word of Life. We love your pastors. You guys love your pastors? Yeah. And I got to tell you, man, I I love being in worship today. Your band is amazing. What an amazing time of worship and uh, just an incredible atmosphere here. I want to uh, talk to you today about the idea of connecting and the power of connecting. But before we do that, I'd love for you to do something very simple. I'm going to give you five to ten seconds real quickly here if you would. Just stand up, go, and say hi to somebody you haven't had a chance to connect with this morning. About five seconds or so of doing that, and then we're going to get right into the Word. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Doesn't that feel good? It feels good just to connect. Here's what we know. The Bible says that where any two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the middle of them. Can we just recognize today, God is here. He is here. And he's here specifically because you are here. You're here connecting because you are here and you're here for the purpose of growing in your relationship with God and connecting to other people. God is here. And I think it's important that we just recognize him, who he is, how grateful we are for him. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, if you would, this morning. We're going to get to that eventually, Matthew chapter 22. But here's what I believe that I know about people. I believe one of the things that I know about us as people is that everyone loves to be connected. Everyone loves to be connected. In fact, does anybody else besides me find it just a little bit frustrating when you feel disconnected, when all you really want is to be connected? Now, now I recognize that sometimes we need to shut the phone off We need to log off social media and just go disconnect and get refreshed. But that's because you want to disconnect. I'm talking about those times when what you really, really want is to be connected and you find yourself disconnected. I was talking to a friend recently in a phone conversation and I had reached out to him and said, hey man, I, I just need to talk to somebody about some things that are going on. just need to talk through some processes and some things that are happening. So I called him up got him on the phone and started into the conversation, just started kind of just sharing my heart with him. Here's what's going on. This is what we're facing, what we're trying to figure out. And as we got into the conversation, I started to get a little bit intense. I started to get a little bit passionate and just was sharing with him how I felt about the situation and what I felt like we needed to do. And I was going on and on and just pouring my heart out to him. And as I'm going through this on the phone, my phone rings. I'm like, well, you know, you have a call waiting on your phone. It's like it starts to ring and you're like, so I pull the phone away to see who might be calling me in the middle of this conversation. And it's my friend. And I look at the phone. I'm like, why is he calling me? So I hit the green button, swipe it over. And I'm like, hello? And he says, hey, man, I'm so sorry. We got disconnected. I didn't catch any of that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Has that ever happened to you? You're like, what are you talking about? I just poured my heart out. You didn't get any of it. I had to go back through the whole thing again. 
When you want to be, con- discon- be connected, there's very little that's more frustrating than being disconnected. Maybe you've experienced that with the internet, trying to get on the internet, or maybe a connecting flight. You've run through the airport, just, I don't want to be disconnected. I got to get where I'm going. And for some of us, for some of us, it also happens in relationships. We think about family members or a spouse or a child, maybe even mom and dad. It's like in your heart, I just really want to be connected with them, but it's, I feel disconnected. It feels frustrating. Or maybe it's at, at work, been trying to connect with that boss or that coworker, and it just seems so difficult. I really want to be connected, but I, I feel disconnected. Maybe you've moved to a new city before, or maybe you've moved to a new school, and it's like you found out in that process how hard it was to connect. It's like, I just want to find a way to connect with somebody, and you just feel disconnected. I know as a pastor, I know that we can even go to church and sit in church and enjoy amazing worship and be around really cool people, hear a, hear a message that's inspiring, all the while feeling disconnected from God. It's possible to be right here today. What you want more than anything is to be connected and you feel disconnected. If you feel that today, if you've ever felt that, I I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. Almost everyone journeys through that. There are many people here in this room today, most likely, that are journeying through that season. And, And if you are, I want you to know you're not alone. Not only you're not alone, but there are answers. There are ways that you can get that connection that you so desire. I believe that this this sense that we have about connection is powerful for us, and it serves a great purpose in our lives. I'd like to share with you a few points on why I believe it's so powerful, and there's one in particular that I want to spend some time on today because of where we are in Word of Life today and what this day is all about, connection. The first thing that we understand about connection is that connection is divine design. Connection is divine design. When you look at the book of Genesis, you read very early on in the book of Genesis, we know God creates Adam, right? Out of the dust of the earth, he molds this man into being, and then he breathes his spirit into him. And the Bible says that when when God breathed his spirit of life into Adam, that's when Adam became a living being, that first breath of the breath and the spirit of God. But in that breath of God, that spirit of God that was breathed into Adam was also breathed into the DNA of mankind, connection, connection. How do we know this? Well, we know it because when you look at Genesis, the word teaches us that God stood back from his amazing creation and said, it's not good for this guy to be alone. How many of you know somebody in your life, I can't leave them alone? (laughs) It's not good for them to be alone. They're like a puppy. They're going to mess something up. If I leave them alone, something bad's going to happen. They can't be alone. And God looks at Adam. He's like, it's not good. This guy can't be alone. I need to create someone with whom he can connect. In fact, the words that we see are used in that scripture. He says, I need to make someone who's compatible, the perfect fit with him. Connection. Later on, God would give them the first commandment. He ever gave to us as people. He said, be fruitful and multiply. That doesn't happen unless you connect. 
Connection is built by divine design in who we are. We are built for connection. The second thing that we see about connection is that connection is agreement. Connection is agreement. You know, if you're going to have alliances in life that power you forward, help you in difficult times, overcome obstacles in your life, are there for you, you're going to need to find agreement with those that are around you. What Amos teaches us is this, how can two walk together unless they are first agreed? And the truth is, nobody likes to be disagreed with. Nobody. I know there are trolls out there in social media that just want to go stir stuff up. Every, all of us have that person in our lives. Every time they come around, it's just drama. Drama. They're always bringing the dissenting view. And it seems like they want to disagree. But the truth is, innately in every one of us, we all want to be agreed with. We want people to agree with. In fact, we build friendships and community around the idea of we agree. So I have a challenge for you. When you go to lunch today after service, you're hanging out with that friend or that family member, and they start sharing their opinions with you, which you know they're going to do. Their perspective, their opinion, they get all passionate about it. I challenge you, every time they make a point, lean across the table, look them in the eye and say, I disagree. (laughs) And you see how long it is before you get in a fist fight in the middle of that restaurant. Why? Because we want people to agree with us. Agreement is connection. And when you look at what Amos says here, it leads me to believe you can't even walk beside me if you don't agree with me, let alone build a family together, let alone raise children, let alone do ministry. You can't even walk beside me if we don't agree. And I know a lot of good people, a lot of smart people, wise people, well-intentioned people, myself included. And I know that you probably have heard or said this before, this phrase, we're just going to have to agree to, so you have heard it. Well, I want to propose to you today something that I feel like I've learned over life's journey, and that is, that's a myth. It's a myth. Why is it a myth? Well, because as soon as you disagree, you no longer have agreement. It's impossible to agree to disagree because when you disagree, you no longer agree. And that disagreement creates what none of us want, which is disconnect. And we want connect. It's built into who we are. We want to connect. So if we're going to connect, we must find a way to agree. I want to submit to you maybe a different perspective on that idea of agreeing to disagree. What if we took this approach and we said, rather than agreeing to disagree, let's agree to agree. Let's agree that we're not leaving this conversation until we find common ground, until we find something around which we can rally our gifts, our passions, and serve the purpose of one another. We're going to agree to agree. Why? Because agreement is connection. We also see that connection provides protection. Connection provides security. Ecclesiastes teaches us this principle that says, hey, it's better that there are two of you than just one of you. So that when one of you falls, the other's there to pick you up. 
And then Ecclesiastes, there's a word in Ecclesiastes that becomes very important for us. It's an emphatic word. It's the word woe. Woe. Now, I want to encourage you as you read this scripture that you would pronounce this word properly because it emphasizes the spirit of the idea that it's not just like woe unto those. It is woe. Hey, whoa, dude, stop, hang on, whoa, hey. This matters. That word woe there is emphatic, it's passionate, it's hey, hang on. Woe to you who is alone because, man, when you mess up, you're on your own. And nobody wants to be on their own. Quick poll. Anybody in this room ever made a mistake? One, two, three. Yeah, okay, everybody, good. Have you ever made a mistake, messed up? Maybe we would say, ever fallen down? Fallen down in your purpose, fallen down in your response? It ever fall down? Feel like you really made a big mistake? Messed things up, but you had a friend there that could help you? Somebody that was cheering you on? Somebody that grabbed you by the arm and said, man, you better get back up. You got a life to live. You got stuff to do. You got a purpose to fulfill. Get back on your feet. I believe in you. We'll overcome this. It's going to be okay. There's a brighter future in front of you. Let's go. And it invigorates you to say, yeah, you know what? I'm not defined by my mistakes. I'm defined by God's design, which is connection and community and fulfilling my purpose. Have you ever made a mistake, fallen, and there was nobody to talk to? Nobody you could turn to. I've experienced that. And I can tell you firsthand, I don't know that there's a more desolate, desperate feeling than to have just made a major mistake, to have fallen in some way and have nobody to process it with. Nobody that will encourage you. And that hope gets deferred. And the Bible says it makes the heart sick. Why? Because you need that hope of that voice in your life, that connection, that community, that person saying, you've got this. God's a grace-filled God. He's going to help you through this season to pick you back up. And that's why Ecclesiastes says, whoa, pay attention here. It's better that you do this thing together in community. And the final fourth piece of this that I want to spend a minute on today is the idea that connection gives power to your purpose. Connection gives power to your purpose. Now I have on the stage behind me here a few power tools. I have a, a big miter saw here that's used. I'll give you a little bit of a construction in, uh, education here. Miter saw, a power drill, and an electric stapler. And all of these tools are used in construction, whether we're building a house, repairing something that's broken, or expanding the footprint of a facility, they would be used to help accomplish that, that goal. But each one of them has a different design, a different level of power, and a different purpose. We have the miter saw, which will be used for cutting the two by fours, two by eights, the wood that's gonna be used to build the frame. You have the drill that's gonna be used to make holes through that frame, to run electrical wiring through and so on. And then you have the stapler, that might be used to hang up insulation inside the walls, vapor barrier around the walls, or even like the tar paper on your roof to keep it from leaking underneath the shingles. So every one of these tools, though they vary in power and they vary in purpose, they all serve the same purpose of building, repairing, and expanding the house. And so I have some guys here that are going to do a little demonstration. Can we give them a big hand as they come out here real quick? 
You're going to help me show you how this connects to this topic today. This is Jason. Everybody give it for Jason. Jason, good to see you again. This is Timothy. Give it up for Timothy. And Buddy, give it up for Buddy. Buddy, again, I don't know that people really like you around here. So um, come on, give it up for Buddy, guys. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, all right, good. You know I'm joking, right? All right, cool, good, good. So these guys have a role that they play in this process of building, repairing, and expanding. And they bring their gift to the table. They're all uh, craftsmen at what they do. And I'm going to have them just give a real simple demonstration of what it looks like to go through the process of using this two by four, one of these two by fours. And we'll use one of the longer ones here. Longer two by four here. Go ahead and take that, Jason. And uh, they're going to cut through this, drill through this, and staple through this. Just kind of show you how this process works. So Jason, when you're ready, man, go ahead and hit it there. Yeah. So just like, all right, just give, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll figure it out. Do the drill thing. Yeah. Guys, um, I'm sorry. It's a little embarrassing. I'm, I apologize. Stay. Fellas. Uh, hang on. I see. I see. I see. Hang on. Got it. Yeah. So my dad was a construction worker and uh, he, he built houses, repaired houses and so on. And sometimes I'd go on the job site with him and he'd walk over to the miter stall or the drill and he'd click the trigger and nothing would happen. And he'd turn around and he'd see that the tool was not connected. It was unplugged. And without fail, every time we were on a job site and that happened, he would look at me and he'd say, son, that's too far for the juice to jump. What was he saying? This tool does no good unless it's connected to power. Connection powers your purpose. So let me uh, give these guys a little bit of juice here. All right, hang on. Here we go. Let's get you plugged in. Got to find your connection. Who else? Who else? Oh, the saw. Yeah, here it is. All right, I got it. All right, now we're all connected. Let's try this again. All right, hit it, Jason. Isn't that satisfying? <sighs> Just hearing that saw run. And here's what we know. Here's what we know. Every one of these guys has a different skill, a different gift, but they make up a community that completes the ability to build the house, to repair brokenness, to expand the footprint. You know, I believe today that God has called Word of Life through a season of building and repairing into a season of expanding. And the only way that happens is if the gifts that are represented in this room find their connectivity in community. All of these guys are connected to the same source of power and they're experiencing community right now with their gifts. And here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. What if, what if what we need in life is somebody who can really help us cut through the difficulties, cut through all the maze of, of options and ideas and get down to what really matters. 
and Jason chooses to not connect? What if what we're leading is somebody who can help us to get connected to the word of God, to get secured and fashioned to the word and the hope of the love of God? But Buddy doesn't get connected to that source of power, doesn't get connected to community. Then we don't get to benefit from the gift that they bring to the table. But when we find community, when we complete that cycle and we get engaged, we bring the fullness of who we are and we don't look at the miter saw and say, hey, the miter saw is far more important than the stapler. Look how big it is, look how powerful it is. Try to put tar paper on a roof with a miter saw. And you might say, well, you know, the stapler is just insignificant. It's not an important role. But try to navigate bad weather without tar paper under your shingles. And, and, and likely the, the, the stapler is not something you can use to cut a two by four. Everybody has their place. Everybody has their gift. Everybody has their purpose. And we complete the picture of being able to build the house that God has designed for us, to bring repair to those things that are broken. When there's brokenness around you, you're empowered by God through your gift to bring repair and to expand what God's wanting to do in this region and beyond. Why? Because you're connected to community. Can we give it up for these guys today? Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. And so I wanna show you this in Matthew chapter 22. Because most of the tools that you'll engage in a construction process are three-prong power tools. There are three prongs typically that are in the end of the power tool. And I want to share with you this perspective of what Jesus said in Matthew 22 about this process of connecting to your source of power. There is a purpose for your life. And the truth is, is that we all share a similar purpose. Though how we express that purpose is in varying degrees, we all share a similar purpose. And we see it in these three things. First, on this power plug that's connected to many power tools, there's what's called a grounding wire, a grounding wire. And that grounding wire, it's usually the one that's just kind of round on the, on the three-prong plug. That grounding wire is there to protect you from shock as you use the tool. If something were to happen and there was a surge of electrical power, if a lightning strike happened or maybe you got into some water and that electrical surge happened, that grounding wire would protect you from getting shocked. Then there's the other wire, the hot wire. That's the wire through which the power flows to the tool that you're using. That's what gives the tool the power to do what it does. But then there's a third wire that allows that power to flow through and complete the circuit so other things can be used on that circuit. Other tools can be used on that circuit. So we have the grounding, the flow of power to, and the flow of power through. Now let me show you what Jesus says about this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36, 37. The disciples ask him one day, and they're like, good master, what's the most important law for us to know from in the kingdom? What's the thing that we must know? And I want you to see what Jesus says here because it's exactly what we're talking about today. Jesus immediately, immediately points to community. Community. The most important thing in all the kingdom, he says, number one is to love God. Love God with all of who you are. 
And then he adds to the answer. He says, the second, the second, now watch these words, is equally important. These two words are incredibly important because what Jesus does in this moment is he takes these next two thoughts and he says this to to the guys, to the disciples. He says, look, I don't want you to get the idea that loving God is the only thing. In fact, I don't want you to get the idea that loving God is more important than these next two. So I'm going to make sure that you recognize that loving God is equal in importance to the next two things I'm going to share with you. And the next two things I'm going to share with you are equal in importance to loving God. Love God. And the next two are equally important. Love others as you love yourself. Now, we read this sequence the way that Jesus shares it in Matthew 22, and we might be tempted to believe that he's saying, love God, love others, love you, in that order. But that's not the order that Jesus shows us in Matthew 22. The order is to love God. We begin by understanding who God is, his nature, his character, the price he's paid for us, what that means to us, the love of God. We steep ourselves in getting to know him intimately, loving God. And then he says, from that, you're going to learn to love yourself. Because you can't love somebody else until you learn to love yourself. And in loving ourselves, I'm not talking about I love me and it's an arrogant idea of my way or the highway and you better do it the way I want you to do it. I'm not giving anybody today permission to be that person. I'm talking about a love for self that's grounded in the love of God. You see, the love of God becomes our grounding wire in life. The thing that's going to allow you to fulfill your purpose, to bring that idea of cutting through life's difficult moments into your life group, into your circle, is because you're grounded in the love of God. And being grounded in the love of God is going to protect you from the shock of relationship. Anybody ever been shocked by a relationship? Shocked by something someone said? Shocked by something someone did? You didn't expect it and boom, there it is. You feel shocked by it. That shock can take you out of your purpose. It can take you out of the game. But when you're rooted and grounded in the love of God, it will cause you to be able to navigate that season with grace and peace and strength. Why? Because you know who you are. I'm grounded in God's love. That causes me to recognize that if I'm loved, I'm loved. There's love for me. And I can love my gift and who I am and who God's created me to be because of his love for me. And from that love, we can do the third thing, which is allow that power to flow through us to others. Love God, find yourself in that love, and let that revelation pour out into the lives of others. Church, what I want you to see today is that the cycle is not complete. The circuit is not complete until we have that third prong. All that we've received in the love of God flowing into the lives of others. That's community. That's relationship. That's connection. I'll never forget one day I was in Oklahoma City. My family and I were on vacation. It had been a long, intense season for us. 
A lot of hard work. Anybody ever experienced a long season of just hard work and you're like, can't wait to get away, break away? It had been intense emotionally, physically, spiritually, just an intense season. We're like, we can't wait to go. So we headed out on vacation and on the way to where we were going, we stopped to see my brother in Oklahoma City. And so we were there for a few days and in the course of those few days, my brother and I were talking about his business. And uh, he had, it was in a season of trying to figure out how to take it to the next level, was feeling some pressure and intensity on the business. And I could see it in his, his face and how he was reacting. And so I sat for a couple of days with him just talking about uh, some strategy, some, some things he could do, and just trying to help him work some things out. And you could feel the intensity in the conversation. And to be honest with you, I was at a place where I was kind of like, this isn't how I want to spend my vacation. I, 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 I need a break. And now I'm coming here to try to help work through issues and problems. I wasn't mad at him. I was just feeling a little bit frustrated. Have you ever felt that way before? You're like, man, I, I need some help too. And here I am trying to pour out. And I even walked away a narrative in my own mind just saying, this is my vacation. I shouldn't be doing this. But I stuck in it with them and just was feeling that sense of, I don't feel like we're really getting anywhere. And it was just a little bit of frustration, intensity. And I'll never forget sitting in his office one day, talking about some of these things feeling that pressure of, hey, we're just not connecting. And I just, man, I just feel the, the weight of this. And I got a phone call. And this one actually stayed connected. And so I left the room and I was talking to a friend that just caught me out of the blue. I was like, hey man, what's up? And he said, hey, I just wanted to give you a call real quick. He said, I've been thinking about you all day. He said, I just want you to know that had it not been for you in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. The things that you helped me to walk through, the things that you've taught me, have put my, me and my family in the position of just the blessing of God. And I just want you to know how much you mean to me, that I love you, that I'm praying for you, and I think the world of you. That literally was the conversation. Of course, about two minutes into the conversation, I'm in tears, just feeling the intensity, the love on the other end of the line. Thankful that my friend allowed the power that God had flowed to him to flow through him and to connect with me. And I hung the phone up and I walked back into the office where my brother was and I was just filled up, church. I was filled up. Just 10 minutes ago, I felt completely drained. I felt like I was this close to the outlet but still too far for the juice to jump. And I just felt emptied. But that conversation filled me up, encouraged me, and I walked back into that room and my brother was sitting at his, at his desk in his chair and I just walked up behind, me, behind him. I put my hands on his shoulders and I just began to minister to him. Just begin to remind him of who he is in Christ and that God's got us back and that there's a plan for his future and that all the questions right now that are bombarding him and keeping him awake at night, there's a plan and strategy for them and that he's got this and I believe in you. There's no way, there's no way I walk back into that room and minister to my brother if I don't make the connection with my friend who allowed the Spirit of God to flow through him to me. And that's the power of connection. So you have an option today. You can come to church today and sit in a row. You can hear a good word and you can leave and still not connect and have that place in your life unfulfilled, unmet, 
that connection you need to the word, those difficult things you need to have cut through in your life, you can leave and have them unmet, or you can stop on your way out. You can find your community. You can say, I want to be a part of this group. I want to help to lead this group. I need to sign up because I need the power of God to flow not only to me, but through me. I need the power of God to flow through others to me. I need to connect. And this church has done the hard work. They've put together the opportunity for you to do that. No matter how you might embrace it, how you might engage with it, it's there for you and the purpose is to help you to connect to community. You know, there's a young family in our church that recently connected Aaron and Beth Blackledge. They came uh, to us loving God, being engaged in ministry, raising a great family, both working great jobs. But when they came to FLC, they said, the one thing that we're looking for is community. We've been other places, not saying anything bad about those other places, but we just did not feel connected. So they came looking for community and instantly they found it. The first day they walked in, they began to build friendships, build relationships, connect with people, got involved in life groups, began to serve in the church. In the process of doing that, now they've built a network of great friendships, young families that are raising their kids, working hard. They'll go hang out, they'll go to movies, they'll go to eat, they'll do life groups together. They're just living life together, connected in community. In a recent conversation with Aaron, he even told me, he said, that was the difference maker for us. Today, that family is leading our teen ministry. They're not full-time staff, they're, they're volunteer staff. They still work outside in full-time jobs but they're pouring their hearts into the next generation because they feel like that's their purpose, that's a part of their passion, what they bring to the table. And it wouldn't have happened had they not been able to connect. Here's what I want you to know, is that not only do we need the power of God that flows through the lives of others in connected community, but others need the power that flows through us. It's very possible that you, you are the answer that person needs in their life. And that by taking the chance today to connect, walking out of here, signing up, saying, I'm all in, I'll help to lead, I will engage, being a part of that process is gonna bring the resolve and the answer and the power that person needs in their life. So I wanna encourage you, do everything you can to refuse to allow fear to keep you from closing the loop, to keep you from completing that circuit. God wants to get greater power into your life. And that power is in connection and connection happens in circles. Let me pray with you today. Father, I'm so grateful for your word. So grateful that you love us so much, Jesus, that you went to great lengths to close that loop. That loop of the power flowing through the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross. God, I know today that there are hearts in here that are burdened. There are souls in here that are hurting. There are people that have been shocked in the past by relationships and circumstances. And God, I just speak healing over their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. God, that your spirit of restoration and redemption, that repairing work that only you can do, God, would begin to be done right now in their lives. But God, we recognize it's completed in community. First in community with you, Jesus, and community with others. So I thank you, God, that you have provided that for us right here in this church family.
And I want to invite you today, maybe you would say, Pastor, I need to connect with Christ. I'm that person you're talking about. I'm here. I'm enjoying all this. But what I want more than anything is to be connected to God, and I feel disconnected. Good news. Good news. You don't have to leave disconnected. You can make that connection right now. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor Tom, I want to make that connection, the connection with God. I want you to do something courageous. Just lift your hand in there and you can put it right back down and say, that's me. I want to pray that prayer. I want to make that connection with God. Hands all over the room. Come on, be courageous. This is your moment. This is your time. This is the step. This is the thing that's going to bring that power into your life, those answers you're looking for, that peace, that resolve, that clarity, that strategy begins right here. Anybody else before we pray, just by lifting your hand, saying, that's me, I want to make that connection. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, you're so good. You're so good. Church, why don't you pray this prayer with me today? Just say this out loud with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Just say, Father God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for making it possible by your death on the cross for me to reconnect with you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Be my savior. And I'm inviting you to be my leader in life. I make you my Lord. Help me to connect to your plan and find community in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give Jesus a big shout today.